Hello, and welcome to our podcast on Research Matters, hosted by UNICEF's Office of Research at Innocenti in Florence, Italy. I'm Kathleen Sullivan, Communication Specialist with UNICEF Innocenti, and I'm joined today by Nicola Balvin, our Knowledge Management Specialist here, who has recently launched UNICEF Innocenti's Evidence Gap Map on Adolescent Wellbeing. The UNICEF Innocenti report, titled Bridging the Gap to Understand Effective Interventions for Adolescent Wellbeing, an Evidence Gap Map on Protection, Participation, and Financial and Material Wellbeing in Low- and Middle-Income Countries, collates the evidence base for adolescent interventions broadly across well-being domains of protection, participation, and livelihoods. The study aims to describe where the evidence for programming and policy exists, where it is scarce, and where there are evidence gaps to help determine where more primary research or further synthesis is needed. Nicola has been the lead architect and manager of this project from its conception to final launch, and in this podcast we'll try to unpack the report findings to understand better what the evidence gap map is and how it's useful for researchers, policymakers, and program managers around the world. So welcome Nicola. Thank you Kathleen, it's great to be here. So to kick this off, I'd like to go back to the beginning and ask you, how did you decide to develop this research project on the evidence gap map in your role here at UNICEF Innocenti? Sure, so my role here at UNICEF Innocenti um, evolves around facilitating a culture of research in UNICEF um, and as part of that we have a component which is about evidence synthesis. Um, so evidence synthesis are evidence gap maps, systematic reviews, mapping exercises and so on and they assist in bringing together existing primary research and sometimes secondary research um, to basically have a look at what the body what a body of evidence is to help us identify where evidence is strong, um, to help us identify what works when we look at interventions, and also to see where there are gaps, gaps in knowledge so that we can do more primary research, and also where there is um, available evidence that may need to be synthesized. So basically research syntheses are important for helping us make decisions based on a body of evidence rather than just on single studies. How did you zoom in on adolescent well-being and decide to research the evidence gaps in this area? So at the Office of Research in Ocenti, we have now for the past four years had a quite large um, program on the social and structural determinants of adolescent well-being. And that program has looked at issues in social protection, um, violence, gender, and so on. And so it has been quite uh, multidisciplinary. The evidence gap map on um, adolescent well-being focuses on the domains of protection, participation, and financial and material well-being. It is different from the other research that we do because the other projects tend to look at uh, are generally primary research and they collect data about a particular intervention and so on. The gap map is a mapping tool which basically synthesizes already existing evidence on interventions that were targeting adolescents in these particular domains. And the reason we did it was because there was nothing else um, that focused on these domains. Um, evidence gap maps have in recent years become more and more prominent and we have seen over the last two to three years 
um, even a surge in gap maps that look at adolescents. So, for example, 3IE has done quite a number of them. They've done one on um, adolescent sexual and reproductive health and so on. But these particular domains had not been synthesised. So what this gap map does is, is it brings together interventions focusing on or targeting adolescents living in low and middle income countries in those domains, protection, participation and financial and material well-being, and it maps what exists so that we know what exists and where the gaps are. Great. And what were some of the key findings from the research behind the evidence gap map? So a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting um, trends emerged. Um, the, the probably the most interesting is really where there is the strength, where the evidence is strong, and where the gaps are. So the gap map is organised as a matrix, where you've got the outcomes um, at the top on the um, x-axis and the interventions. Uh, along the side on the Y. So it's a really great visual for helping you look at it. Immediately you see there are, you know, where there is evidence and where there, the gaps are. And because our adolescent program looks at the social and structural determinants, we wanted this matrix to represent that too. So we based it on a socio-ecological model where we have interventions at the individual and interpersonal level, inter interventions at the group and community level and then interventions at the policy and institutional level. And by mapping it this way, it became very clear. Um, the first thing that you see when you look at the gap map is that there is hardly anything, um, hardly any evaluated interventions at the institutional and policy level. So that is a big gap. Uh, in terms of kind of looking at the outcome areas, a very big gap were interventions or outcomes to do with the use of in information and communication technology. Again, a big gap when you think about adolescents and how much they use all around the world, how much they use um, social media and um, other online platforms or digital platforms, yet we know very little about what kind of... Um, impact um, interventions using these platforms have. So that was another big gap. And there were many others, um, but those really kind of stood out. Could you tell us in a little bit more detail what methodology you used to build this gap map and what did the study protocol include? So the evidence gap map methodology, um, it, it's very rigorous and it's based on search is similar to that of a systematic review where basically you have to start out with developing a very thorough very rigorous study protocol where beforehand you are very clear about what interventions um, and outcomes you will be searching for you are very clear about the the words the terms you will be searching for so this requires a lot of consultation a lot of reading about how you know, particular concepts are defined in the literature across different disciplines. And um, you have to also be very specific about what languages you're going to be searching in, what time frame, uh, which databases. So are you going to look at grey literature and um, only uh, peer review literature and so on? So 
developing a sound study protocol is really key. So we did that. Um, in our gap map, we included gray and um, peer-reviewed literature. We looked at all studies published um, from 2000 onwards. Uh, we look, included studies in French, Spanish and English, um, anywhere in low and middle income countries. We included systematic reviews and impact evaluations that um, have a counterfactual, so RCTs and various quasi-experimental designs. And as a result of that um, very thorough search, which in its initial search came up with um, 7,000, around 7,300 documents, which were then screened um, by first of all screening the title, then screening the abstract, came up with 71 impact evaluations and three systematic reviews. So that's what's in the final gap map, coded in the final gap map. Well done. Okay, so moving on, I want to ask you about some challenges and obstacles you maybe faced in developing this gap map. Were there particular obstacles in finding what you needed to build this as accurately and completely as possible? So initially, I mean, so the the gap map reflects the quality of evaluations that's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is true that in international development, not all evaluations use a counterfactual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, many evaluations use qualitative designs or a before and after kind of design. And we didn't include these. Um, not saying that these evaluations are not valid. Um, it depends on the context or the reasons under which they are done. But we were following the study protocols of 3IE because this was our first evidence gap map. And um, that so hence we only included impact evaluations with a counterfactual so by including only those ones we excluded quite a number of interventions um, that we that I should say evaluations that had a different design Uh, well that makes it a bit more specific then and easier to standardize the results of this evidence gap map yeah, I mean, part of the reason why the methodology is so rigorous and so well documented is basically you should be able to take our study protocol and do exactly the same thing and come up with the same results. So the transparency of the process is really important, as is the justification for why you made the choices that you did in what you include and exclude. Um, and all of that is documented um, in the report, in the study protocol, it was a result of both consultations with key stakeholders, both within, inside UNICEF and um, externally as well, with donors and other UN agencies and others working with adolescents, and then also obviously by looking at the literature. So zooming out and looking at the results of the evidence gap map, what did you find most interesting about the trends and gaps that emerged as a result of this mapping exercise? So I guess I should be clear that, um, you know, an evidence gap map is a mapping matrix. It doesn't really tell you what works. In order to do that, you need to go in and you need to read the, um, the papers that are presented there and then do a systematic review or something like that. But the matrix itself is really... Um, Actually, analyzing the studies in the matrix are really interesting in telling you kind of the trends 
about evaluations in these areas. So I mentioned earlier that we found hardly, I think, one study that was um, looked at the policy level. So that's, you know, when you think about adolescent well-being, that that means that no one is really looking at the impact of or rigorously evaluating the impact of laws or social norms or those kinds of things on um, adolescent well-being. But there is a lot done at the um, at the individual level. So a lot of... Um, and also at the community level. So a lot of interventions kind of looking at the effect of cash transfer and other financial support programs with um, outcomes measured across the three domains we looked at. Um, a lot done on um, psychosocial um, support and th- and kind of life skills um, interventions. And again, with measurements across the three domains. So those were the areas where, um, where there was quite a lot of um, evidence available. As we discussed the evidence gap map, I think it's important to note that there are two parts of this project. There's the research and the now available paper. But as part of this research project, you also developed an online tool to make this research a little bit more accessible. Could you talk about how the tool came about and how it evolved from conception to final execution? Sure. So the online tool, which is available on our website, um, again, follows on from what uh, 3IE has done with their gap maps. And it's just another way to visualize the findings of the report. Um, And it's an interactive tool. And it has quite a lot of um, search functions. So one of the reasons we did this project was to make um, research more accessible to practitioners and policymakers. So practitioners are busy as our policymakers. They don't have time to sit around and do extensive searches um, on academic libraries. So the gap map really is is a way of making that research available and categorized in a way that makes sense. So for example, if you want to know what evidence exists on interventions with adolescent girls in the domain of protection in India, our evidence gap map allows you to click all of those um, criteria and search for the studies. So that's what's really good about the online tool that it, it makes um, evidence more accessible. It doesn't just show you the big picture. It allows you to search for specifics. Um, and we try to make this particular gap map um, kind of to build on best practices that exist in other organizations and make it even more accessible and useful to practitioners and policymakers. So, for example, we have some cross-cutting themes that we have coded for. So, for example, which interventions have preventative um, parts to them? So, you know, rather than responding to an issue once it has become an issue, let's try to prevent it. So that's useful to know for programming. So you can search for interventions um, that have done that. Admittedly, there aren't many, but that itself is telling. That tells you you might need to go and um, do more research on interventions like that. We've also coded for interven- for long-term impact, so interventions that measure 
the effect, sorry, evaluations that measure the effect of an intervention three years later up to seven years later. So often um, international development interventions are criticised because you come, you know, you may run a social norms program or something like that. You measure the impacts one year later and then that's it. Um, here we have interventions, um, evaluations that have looked at the impacts of interventions several years on. So again, what are those? Um, we've coded for gender and we've also coded for cost effectiveness. So again, that's an important part of decision making. You know, how cost effective was this program? So what is the evidence on that? And finally, we also have included a link to other evidence gap maps on adolescent well-being. So this is currently these gap maps exist on you know various sides whether it's 3IE, ODI, WHO. So at least by having the links there, um, people who are looking for all the available evidence have got <laughs> the links available. And our plan, um, the next step is actually to do a synthesis article, synthesizing um, all the avail the evidence from all the available evidence gap maps on adolescent well-being okay you beat me to my next question on what's next for mapping and tracking evidence on adolescent well-being are there any lessons learned from this evidence gap map project that will help inform the synthesis of moving ahead so the i think now there are you know about five evidence gap maps that focus specifically on adolescents in low and middle income countries and together they cover all of the main domains health education um, transitions to employment protection participation so the next step for the team here at Innocenti is to work with the researchers who develop the other gap maps to have a look at some of the trends across them for example is the gap at the policy and institutional level um, one that appears across the different domains of well-being. And by doing that, by looking at trends across like huge bodies of research on adolescents, we really can identify where the gaps are. We can also identify where evidence is strong so that there isn't ongoing you know, replication and duplication, but that money is spent on where um, the gaps are. So for example, a couple of gap maps have um, identified very little um, evaluated interventions on ICT. So that itself could be a direction for future research and policy. So by further kind of synthesizing what the gap maps or what the trends across gap maps are, we will, we will be able to bring the big picture together and there is always room to do more gap maps. There are always areas that are not covered. Um, at the moment, we haven't decided what our next gap map will be on in terms of um, adolescent well-being. But, you know, there's a lot of areas that you could still look at and map. It depends on what is um, useful to practitioners and policymakers, And that comes about through consultation. Thank you. That was very interesting. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. Thank you. I hope our listeners find the online tool useful. And um, don't be afraid to send us any questions if you have them. 
You can explore our evidence gap map online on our website at unicef-irc.org slash evidence-gap-map. Please follow us for more updates on our evidence gap map on Twitter at UNICEF Innocenti and visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash UNICEF Innocenti. 